BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters, as we have you covered for all sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What's up, H Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blom. Now, here's Balky and Blummer. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 63 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, alongside my partner Jeff Blum, chilling in Atlanta, but basking in the glow of a scintillating Astros win last night. Uh, how goes it this morning, Blummer? So far, so good. Clouds are clearing yeah. out. It's a little bit cooler here, but it's not too bad. It should be a good day. As I just mentioned to you, it's golf weather here, buddy. I'm sorry yeah, to thanks. tell you. Jerk. <laughs> yeah. Eventually we'll find some, but I'm glad Houston's enjoying it. Yeah, well, it was. It came down hard, raining the other night, as you remember, and yeah. uh, um, and so yeah, this is the this is the payoff for that, I think. Which thankfully, um, I am slightly uh, tired this morning. I had a I had a little too much fun last night with my buddy Frank and his girlfriend and my wife. Good for but it's you. It's okay. I won at trivial. I won at trivial pursuit. So that's the main thing that I can take away from Winning. that. Um, <laughs> we're doing this on Saturday. Uh, morning because I had jury duty yesterday and I was actually hoping to get picked. This is a little tip for Houstonians. If you're in the city of Houston, if you get called for municipal jury duty, that's the city's actual jury. Duty, try to get on a panel because it, all municipal courts end at the end of the day. So it's not one of these drawn out things where you can be stuck there for like a month listening to people talk about eminent domain or something horrible or, or getting murdered or whatever. So at the end of the day, you're done and you get exempt for three years. So I wanted to be on a, a panel and I was there court. for. It looks like fun. No. Well, sometimes I think they have night court, but I, <laughs> this one was this one was I got I got there at 930 in the morning. I was hoping to be on a panel at 1030. They said, well, there's no trials today. Everybody can go home. I was like, there's a day of no trials in Houston. Well, but they <laughs> they said that there's no jury trials. Oh, so they set it. the docket. They have seven courts and they set the docket. And if there's nobody that's going to have a jury trial that day, they, and they said there were 400 cases in front of judges. Damn. I was having that's my fingers crossed, like but no, never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say that's a lot, but maybe not. Um, tough, so tough anyway, break, I, I got I'm sorry to, to hear it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know everybody's like, you didn't get picked for jury duty. <laughs> the last one I almost got picked for, I was really close and they dismissed us all, was this case where this woman like killed her husband and then tied herself up and said thugs did it. And they were going to do an episode of Dateline for it. And they oh. were saying, expect to be here at least a month. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm yeah, sorry. What, I want to do my civic duty. $27 a day or whatever it is or something. Oh. 
Yeah, God. Yeah. God help me if I'm sequestered. What the hell am I going to do then? That'd make for a good All podcast. right. You can find us on Spotify. <laughs> exactly. We're starting this. I'll tell you, we're starting this one out roaring. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube. Um, be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us and give us a follow on Twitter. And now on Instagram as well, Believe in Astros. Find me at Jeff Balky, Blummer at Blummer27, everywhere on social media. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, so you can get alerted to new videos and you can add us as subscribers. And listen, thanks to everybody who's given us five stars on Apple. If you shouldn't, you really should consider yourself peer pressured because all the cool kids are doing it. I'm just saying. Yep. And uh, we've, we've gotten quite a few new ones lately, which is great. And uh, so keep sending us those comments and questions. The one today I have, and we're going to discuss it right off the top. Mm. How would Blummer, TK, and Julia react if the camera panned to a guy in the crowd who grabbed his girlfriend's breast? That Ooh. is exactly what, what I saw the other day. At, I think it was a Baltimore game. I can't remember which exactly who it was. Um, but we're going to start that right out. Like we're going to call this segment WWBD. What would Blummer do? And then this particular video I'm referencing, there's a group of four people. They pay, you know, they, they shoot them in the crowd. It was two women sitting in the middle, two guys on the outside. And, uh, the, the announcer said, there's a happy couple of couples. there enjoying the game. And then the guy just reaches over and grabs his girlfriend's boob. Now, he does. It's obviously a joke. It's obvious they're all kind of laughing about it in the in you know this group, including the women. So it wasn't some untoward like you know sexual harassment issue. This was them being silly. But the only thing the announcer said right off the bat was "oops," and then it was sort of silent, and then there was muffled laughter while they tried mm. to get through the inning. So I'm curious, Blummer. Were this situation to present itself to you, how do you imagine you would handle, not that anyone in Houston would ever do something like this, obviously, but, uh, and by the way, have you ever had to handle a circumstance similar? Uh, not the groping. No, I, I haven't, I haven't gotten a grope. <laughs> we haven't witnessed a groper on our, uh, we, we are not plugging this company, but our T-Mobile <laughs> coverage cam on air usually pans the crowd and we have not uh, had the opportunity to have a groper call but you know just off the top of my head i would i would say that you know there's two two couples watching a game and man she looks like a handful <laughs> oh my jesus christ blummer this is why this is why you get paid the big bucks. Yeah. And I just thought <laughs> that of that too. Right I had no idea this was coming, Man, by I the way. Not, I did not I did not prep for the, you for this nope. at all. This was completely spontaneous. I'm 12. Wow. Bravo. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and remember I was saying the weather was nice outside? It's good because otherwise. We're a little moist this morning. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know how much that, I know how so many oh people boy. really don't like that. Oh yeah, this, I know we're yeah, all this, we're gonna get in trouble. Mm, mm, <clears throat> but you yeah. know, it's it's funny. Um, those kind of calls must be crazy though when things like that come up. True, truth be told, you know, and even TK knows this. That's why he gives me the side eye sometimes because sometimes I will have a uh, I will have the urge to just try and break 
my partner, Todd Callis. And it's because he is so professional. Does it ever He's work? so prepared. Oh, I've gotten him a couple times. I can't remember offhand right now how many, Have you? You know, when I've gotten him. <laughs> Uh, you know, I got him the other day with that Anthony Bass comment. He just kind of like, he, you know, I say it and he just kind of goes, gives me a nod, just kind of looks at me, <laughs> realizes what I did there. And he, and he just kind of nods and I'm like, <clears throat> yes, but my entire goal is to get him to be able to push his cough button and not speak for a couple of seconds. But it, he's <laughs> good, man. He can keep it together. Oh, yeah. He's he's like one. He's like he's not the Jimmy Fallon of SNL or the or the Bill Hader yeah. who cannot. Who breaks it like it. everything? Yep. He's no, he's he's got it. He's got it. He's the Keenan Thompson of your mm-hmm. broadcast, um, which is which is awesome. You know, it's funny you say that you just want to get him to break. That's a really I feel like that's a good rule of thumb if you're doing something like a broadcaster, if you're writing or something like that is if you're trying to do something funny, your only goal should be to get like one person. That's yeah. it. If one person gets it and finds it funny like you do. It's gold, man. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if anybody else finds it funny or not. If you get it and one other person gets it, oh, it's the best. I'm sad. Especially if it's somebody in the booth with you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's got to be great. And, and there's been some movie movie lines that I've dropped on him, too, that just go flying over his head. And it's even better because he just plays it straight yeah. and dry and it just keeps going. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> God, I, that's, those are the ones I love too, because you and I grew up at the same time. And so mm-hmm. we have, we have a lot of the same references. So I get them when you drop yep. them. And, and I know that there's that, that there's that moment where Todd just keeps moving. And that's just, that's fantastic. It, it could be him that's ignoring me be. too. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So let's talk a little bit about the Astros, shall we? Um, mm. Dude, first of all, the eighth inning the other night against the Blue Jays, where Jose oh. Abreu came in and shut down the top of their order, nope, and then the Astros bust Brian. Damn it. I'm going to do that all season long. We're going to do that I'm going to do it all do season long. the next long. three years. I feel, I feel like just saying Abreu, and they just that's it. But um, he came in and shut them down, and then the Astros busted out for, I guess, six runs in the next inning. That was the most fun I've had watching baseball since the postseason last year. Now, I rewatched the inning like twice. It was so much fun. Yeah, it, it was a blast. And I mean, how often have you watched a game? And I mean, we've kind of seen it with starters who get into that sixth or seventh inning and they're 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 battling, you know, uh, first and third, nobody out. They battle mm-hmm. out of the inning, get a big double play. They fist pump. Your team comes in and they score a couple of runs. But how often have you actually watched a baseball game? <laughs> And seen seen the pitcher create momentum on the offensive side. That was yeah. one of the few times where you really felt like, you know, the bases were juiced. Brian Abreu comes in this hellish situation after pitching the night before and ending in two thirds, right. twenty three pitches. I mean, putting that on top of it and having him come in with the expectation of trying to get out of this, and in your head you're doing just limit the damage, you know, keep it within one or two runs, because right. then a swing right. back can bring you back in it. But he goes out there and completely shoves against the Toronto freaking Blue Jays, who are known for their offense, <clears throat> and he walks off the mound, and the Astros proceed to give him another six runs, and this ends up being an eight-to-something game. And I'm going, oh my gosh, is this... This is one of those, and it was also one of those games where in game one, 147, when we're starting to count magic numbers, that you go back to and you say, this might be where it turned around for these guys. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. Because also, by the way, Luis Garcia, 
Like, oh dear, I mean, did he he looked. I think you and I texted about. You and I texted about it. He looked violent on the mound. Like, I I went back and I I had a bunch of Astros games stored on the DVR from like the last couple of weeks, and I went back and found Luis Garcia's last start. He looked like a different pitcher on the mound in that in that game. Right, like he was. I mean, the ball was snapping out of his hand. It looked like he was Velo the, attack. The game I watched, it was the, unbelievable. Yes, the the previous game I watched, it just it almost looked like he was. It was I don't want to say lackadaisical, but it was it was just a low energy, and it didn't have the the he didn't have the attack in his pitches. This one, it looked like he was just out there with evil intent. Well, I almost wonder that last start he had, you know. He went from a seven to a seven point seven one before this this previous start that we just that we're talking yeah. about. And yeah, he had comments. Martin Maldonado had comments afterwards where they were saying, "Hey, it wasn't all that bad. I worked on some stuff, and I feel like I'm getting somewhere." Guess what? It worked. <laughs> he had us yeah. all fooled because he came out and absolutely dominated a very good yeah. hitting lineup. With velocity, and like you said, he attacked the strike zone. He had something ridiculous like eight of 20, 18 of 25 first pitch strikes and absolutely commanded every Crazy. single bat. Yeah, he was he was just a joy to watch. That was just a great game. And then last night, last night, without mm-hmm. Blummer or TK or Julia on the call because mm-hmm. of Apple. Man, look, I I want to just say a quick thing about the broadcast. I don't I have Apple TV um mm-hmm. because I like Ted Lasso perhaps. Um, but also cause I'm, I'm a Mac guy. So I have Apple TV. It's cool. But here's the thing about their broadcasts. First of all, they're insanely dry. Like why you, is if that? I, if, if it's, if it's going to be a national broadcast, I mean, look, the, the gold standard, obviously in terms of commentary is always going to be the TNT guys, right? Mm-hmm. The Barkley, Shaq, Kenny Smith, that's everybody wants that. No, and nobody in, can manufacture sport, that because right. it's, <clears throat> That's what no they all want because that. they're so fun. No, and and it's and it's just their chemistry is fantastic. You know, yeah, the other night where real. Shaq and and yeah and Barkley were laughing about this guy's receding hairline, one of the players <laughs> from the Celtics, and just they could not stop laughing. I mean, it was just perfect, you know. But I mean, the the I think what's what's but during the game, you need people who are at least somewhat colorful. And kind of fun and interesting. They're just not. And by the way, we're a little moist this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, see you that would be more moisture fun. in their broadcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thing. that's what they need. But I, here's the other thing too: they don't show enough information on the screen in the little box. You don't see who's pitching at that moment. You know, you don't like if I tune in like right in the middle of an inning, in the middle of a net bat. I don't know mm-hmm. who's at bat. I don't know who's pitching. And they do show these odd little things from I guess probably from Statcast, like probability of hit. I want to know where they get it. Probability no, I, of walk. I agree. I want to know where they get it too. It's weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's kind of weird. It's like a it's like a broadcast for nerds. And I just and and it just it's not entertaining. We just turned the volume off when we were watching last night. But yeah. um it's it's an it's an odd and then by the way, the the set afterwards, they're set for their like post game. It's like they're floating in the in the ether or something. It's well, so it looked like weird. something like, like Space first Odyssey. Of all, sit down. Stop, stop standing up during your things. Like just sit down. Just just uh, sit I at a panel. Know. It's fine. Anyway. I, I will not rant about it anymore, but no, I will say you. what a game. This, yeah. 
Yeah. No, just a couple of things. No, on the go Apple, ahead. Uh, Tell, give me your broadcast. shot. No, they are dry. Yeah. They're, that home run call of Jordan's home run, oh, dear God, man. I, I don't know. Get excited. I don't care if you like the team or not. Get excited. Well, this is a national broadcast. Be right. Be somewhat objective and entertaining. Uh, I know Ryan Spielborg's relatively well, and I don't. He's mm-hmm. not the same on that broadcast as he is on the Colorado Rockies or on his radio show. He's he's super intellectual. He's super good with his words. He's mm-hmm. funny. Um, he's insightful, and I just didn't feel that come through in the broadcast. I don't know if it's his partners or whatever it is. Um, visually, I think Apple has the best visual game. I, I you know their yeah. their bug that you're talking about that has the the stats, the mm-hmm. count, the runs. I mean, it could be they could elaborate on that a little bit, but uh, you know, just that little section at the bottom of the screen. There's not enough attention brought to that, and I don't know why they don't explain it better. Uh, <laughs> Because yeah. they want it to be a part of the yeah. broadcast, but they don't explain it. And I'm like, where do you get the number? Why do you get the number? You know, why does it change? You know, I want you know, give me a little yeah. bit on it. It's, so when I'm watching the game later, I can go, oh, okay, I get it now. It feels a bit like I don't know how many years ago this was, where they they attempt they tested out doing NFL games with no announcers, mm-hmm. uh, where they just had them. You know, it was just quiet, and then but on the screen they had all these different stats. And things that you could look at. It was almost like a computer screen. And it just failed because yeah. the problem was is that people wanted to be guided through the game. Yes. And they didn't want to have to stare at the screen every second. Like, yeah, sometimes you walk in the other room, you know, whatever it is. Well, it, you don't want to watch you don't want to watch a, a, a live sporting events with or live sporting event with closed captioning. And that's what it feels like. Good call. You know, That's you've got to be call. able to have the broadcast that explains why and when and how and what. It, but, you know, if you're going to have that on your screen, point it out, explain what it is, why it is, and then move on. You know, so that later in the game, right. I can look at it and go, oh, that's what it is. Because it's going to change. But, right. you know, if it's on your show, talk about it. You know, just give me an idea. Yeah. But vi- visually, it's one of the best games I've ever seen. Oh, Oh no, they're it, it's an incredible broadcast in terms of how it looks, and yeah. they're really and the, the editing is very good. Like we're getting kind of deep into the broadcasting weeds here, but I I do think that no, no. which I love because I love this kind of stuff anyway. But I I think you know when we watched the playoffs last year, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys are neutral, but yet they were like when Jordan hit that home run in the Phillies game. You Such know, a good call. Oh. Just a great call. You flip this game upside down. Like it's just a, it was a great call. And I think that when I listen to the the NBA guys, the the national broadcasting guys, they're great too. You know, you get the and and, and the national football guys are really good. So hockey I just feel like if you're gonna great. do a national yeah. broadcast, how oh, hockey guys are in crazy good. Well, let me ask you um, this. You're which, you're a media guy who like mm-hmm. criti- I mean, you're not critical. I mean, you write papers about it, but why why does it feel Sometimes. like the NHL has <laughs> has enthusiasm. The NBA has enthusiasm. You know, NFL, they're, they're in, there's enthusiasm. Why is it when we get these national broadcasts on baseball, there's not that enthusiasm or that consistent enthusiasm? I feel like it's a good question, but I, for me, I think it's because of the nature of baseball. I think there's a lot of broadcasters. Uh, first of all, you almost never see crossover, but you see crossover all the time between NFL and NBA in terms mm-hmm. of announcers. Right. Um, There are guys who do both and do both very, very well. Um, There's the guy whose name always escapes me, but he's the one that does. uh, He's like from way downtown. Bang. 
I forget his name. He's a three, but he's he does NFL and he does. There's several of those guys, and they're really good at it. Yeah, I think baseball is done by a lot of guys who are older, and these guys are used to sort of that staid, quiet, sort of contemplative broadcasting. It's it's like it's like like a golf broadcast almost, mm. where they're just there to kind of say, "Here's what's going on. This is what's happening." And not get too and and honestly, I think part of it too is. I know, but it's and also I think there's a statistical component because there's a lot of that baseball for me broadcasting wise. When you listen to it, there's a lot of it's a lot of explanation, a lot of storytelling, right? A lot of saying here's what this status for, and here's what this does, and a lot of sort of like I remember back and when I was playing for the Braves and blah 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 that kind of thing, which is great, but. That doesn't mean it can't be mixed in with, you know, mm-hmm. some revelry and some excitement when things yeah. go right. And and also, I don't know if this is the case, but I do know years ago in many sports, there was a kind of unwritten rule that as a national broadcaster, you're not supposed to get too up because, well, what happens if you do, then you're, you know, thought of as being biased. But the big name national broadcasters, particularly guys like Howard Cosell and uh, John Madden and guys like that, they kind of shifted that narrative away mm-hmm. from where they're like where fans like the excitement of Monday night football. You know, yeah. they like the excitement of Sunday night of Sunday basketball on CBS early on and then eventually on NBC. So I think that kind of changed the narrative for that. But I'm not sure baseball ever changed that much. And let's be honest, there aren't as many national broadcasts in baseball. Outside of the postseason. So they don't have like, unlike football and basketball, they don't really have a crew, right? That comes in and does those games. Yeah. Which would probably help them. But I don't know. I, I thought, like you said, beautiful. And I think the stat thing is, could be really cool. It was done correctly. This thing was kind of very dry, but at least the game was not dry. The game wasn't dry and the Astros are back to 500. Hey, oh. Unbelievable! They're going to finish the. They're going to finish April eleven eleven. <laughs> they're going to finish April eleven eleven. Probably. I mean, the consistency Unreal. is ridiculous. I know it's like you, you, yeah, it's just crazy. Also, Jordan been in a little bit of a slump lately, and bye bye baby. When he hit Good that Lord. ball, I was like, oh, Crushville. It was so. I was sitting there in the. In, Dude, in let's my be buddy honest. It, when he hits a ball in a situation like that, it's borderline orgasmic. It is. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it anymore. It's borderline orgasmic is a new drop. You can just absolutely count on that. It's, you can count on that one for sure because I'm going to tell you why. Slaps. That's why, because it slaps. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to, man, let me say, let me tell you something. You're right. When we, when that happened too, like I was telling, you know, I was telling my wife and, and my, my buddy Frank and his girlfriend, I was like, Jordan, if he is on TV, you need to stop whatever you're doing and watch it. That is what he is. And, and it's even when he's in the slump, I feel like at any moment there's going to be fireworks. But but isn't that the thing about Jordan that's amazing is that we can sit there and say he's in a slump. He might be over 8, 10, 12, whatever. It, it, right. 
his slumps are different than most because if he goes two games without a hit, we're like, oh, what's wrong with the guy? And he figures it out. But it's just amazing that you can be slumping, chasing, not getting your walks, striking out, yeah. popping up. And then all of a sudden, it's the, you know, it's the top of the eighth inning, top of the ninth inning, and there's a runner on base, tie ball game, best lefty in the league is on the mound, and Jordan smashes one mm-hmm. 450 feet. I think that's what makes it that much more incredible is when you're hot, you're expected to go get that hit. And when you're mm-hmm. not, it's like, oh, I hope he gets it. But we didn't do that. When Jordan stepped in, we're like, oh, this is the moment. And he steps up and crushes it. It's ridiculous how consistently clutch he is. He needs to take that little uh, Mr. October off of Reggie Jackson's hat Ooh. at the Astros games and, like, <laughs> and get himself right? one. Because, I mean, that guy, oh, Lord. And by the way, uh, Ryan Presley brought in to actually save a game. Thank which God, is, finally, you know, right? Just, I know, right? Not and too many close they games. No, there haven't been. The Astros have not been in many close games. Also, it did feel like there were a few streaks that were kind of slowly being busted over the course of the last week. Alex Bregman mm-hmm. has been hitting much better. Um, uh, Jose Abreu has been making really good contact. I mean, he hit that ball last night in the in long ways, um, a couple of them. And then Jordan. But listen, we could. I can't sit here and not talk about Mauricio Dubon's 15 game hitting streak. Dude, get it. And the boy. fact that he is what, like, he's like seventh in baseball in av- in in, uh, in his average. Like, what is happening? It's the it's topsy turvy world right now. Cats and dogs living together. Pets' heads are falling off. I mean, it's let's go get it. Hey, ride that thing as long as you possibly can. I love that yes. Dusty in the past has said, I'm going to ride the hottest guy out there, and he's got one of the hottest guys, and he's put him at the top of the lineup, and he still continues to produce. Uh, Mauricio Dubon has probably been one of the more fun stories. I mean, there's two guys on this roster oh, yeah. that I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed everything about what they're doing, but Mauricio Dubon's at the top because when we broke camp, we were like, man, I hope Hensley and Dubon can hold this thing down until Altuve gets back. And little did we know right? that Hensley, who was the quote-unquote stick of the group between him and Mauricio, is now the designated come-off-the-bench role-play guy. And Mauricio Dubon right. has just grabbed that second-base role and just you know put his arms around it and run with it. He's been absolutely incredible. I know it has something to do with the Cuban dominoes. I know it has something to do with hanging around your <laughs> right? But whatever he's doing, bro, just keep doing it. Just just keep he's, dialing in whatever you're doing. He's just out there slapping the ball all over the place, too. I Everywhere. mean, he's taking what, you know, as as uh, you know, as, as uh, Huey Lewis once said, He's taking what they're given because he's working for a living. The guy is out there. That's he's just exactly, whatever that's pitch very comes well in. <clears throat> he's he's out there. Just give it to me, and I'll find a way to get a hit. Yes, we let's not forget the Jordan Dominoes. I love Dominoes. My wife and I play Dominoes all the time. She Thank actually you. Uh, spent some time look at me. Yeah. in the love Dominoes. My wife spent some time in the Dominican Republic. That's where she learned how to play Dominoes. Yep. Um, she and of course, my wife she's is getting the like the twenty five or the double sixes down and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yes, you got to. Yes, you got and, to. and she's she uh she's one of the most competitive humans I know when it comes <laughs> to games. But not but funny, a total good sport. Like she's not like a, a mean about it, but she is super competitive. So we play cards and dominoes and stuff all the time. And um I can understand, like dominoes is one of those games where it's their their strategy and and I can see it, but it's but it's casual. It's you know, you're 
basically putting together, you know, doubles and tens, and it's pretty straightforward. No, it's definitely a so communal sport you, where you could kind of have the conversation, yeah. still play and get away with. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I could see where that would be a good thing. To it's not like cards or something where you really need to maybe concentrate. But yeah, I think that's. I think it's great that he's doing that. And and the other guy, by the way, I hope your second guy that you're excited about is Corey Jolks. I'm going to guess one hundred percent, no doubt. That, yeah, God, he's, he's my, so much he, fun. He has been a blast. <laughs> What a just an absolute blast that guy has been. My goodness. But he, I'll he's tell you version this. of the laser show. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. He is a blast. And then, by the way, the serial killer, Phil Maton, oh, is man. out there just wrecking people right now. And I call him the serial killer because he has no expression ever on his face when he's in the game. He's like Dexter. He's just a, like a he's he's like a sociopath on the mound, and uh, but who cares? The guy is just. He's I mean, ours. what is he now? How many innings is it now that he's gone? That it's like I think it's like almost ten innings, scoreless, and he's just he's ridiculous right now. Mm-hmm. He's mowing people down. Why is what is it about him right now that is that is causing that? Well, he's always been a high spin guy. That's the reason the Astros went out there and got him is because that he has a Christian Javier like fastball, but he doesn't really need it because his spin is so good. But the the, the ability yeah. to locate his curveball and slider is what is what is making him what he is. But the spin is off the charts. I don't know if he's you know changed arm angles or, or anything like that. But for whatever reason, he has found that arm slot and he is just wearing hitters out. Because he's backdoor some curveballs and sliders to left-handed hitters. Yeah. He can bury it down and away to right-handed hitters. But there's nothing – the only thing that's consistent is the ability to execute his pitches, and that's what makes it tough for opposing hitters. He's been fantastic. Yeah, that it's – you know, and, and it, it was it was great too last night after Hunter Brown had kind of an iffy – Start looked like he was having some trouble locating. He wasn't missing by much, though. Um, I don't know if you noticed that he wasn't. He wasn't yeah. missing his spots by much. That zone was a little tight, and the credit the Braves yeah, for not chasing say. some of those pitches because he looked wicked again. He yep. just didn't get. Uh, he just didn't get some of those edges that he would like to get. Boy, there were a lot of edges that should have been called last night. I mean, there were mm-hmm. some pitches like there was in the uh, Ryan Presley's first pitch against the last oh, against their last batter was like it was an inch and a half inside the zone. And then the next one was like on the very corner edge, barely in, and that, that was a strike. I'm like, yeah, I have such need, internal con- when conflict when I see those zones because I'm like, dang it, we need to get those calls. And then inside of me, I'm going, man, I'd love to hit right now. <laughs> Where's the robo umps when you need them, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that's coming next. But I tell you, Astros looking looking much better over the past few games. It's been a it's you know uh, a fun a fun few games. Um, a lot of exciting play, which is, you know, I think what we have come to expect from them as a team, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, you know, pushing the right buttons and uh, figuring out the sort of, you know, it, it, it's fun baseball. And the last night, you know, I mean, it was, I mean, they were down four to one after one. Right. And so it's just a lot of nothing for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's just, it seems like, and of course, um, a, a friend of mine messaged me this morning um, and said, you know, said, knew I was doing the podcast and said a couple of notes. First of all, the Astros seventh inning or later are hitting 315. Yep. No, they're team, destroying bullpens. Right? Which is, 
which is just and yeah, and that's what they've always done, right? That's always been their mo. Let's get through the starter because they assume that the bullpen's just not going to be very, and they're mostly right. I mean, bullpens aren't great. Also, I didn't know this. The Astros have twenty five homegrown players. Oh that's yeah, that's insane. It is insane. It's unnaturally insane. this day and age to be able to draft and develop that well. That's unreal. But yeah, the 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 whole thing about hitting well at the end. I mean, that's always been the Astros' plan. Let's get this this starting pitcher. Let's wear him out quick and get to the bullpen because, as we all know, most teams don't have great bullpens, mm-hmm. right? And so they can't just throw out one guy after another after another who's fantastic. So it's been great yeah. watching that. There, there, there's been another thing uh, to go along with that. That's one of those things I know. It's a great mm-hmm. note. Um but the Astros hitting with runner, I actually, I'm filling out my scorecard today. And uh, one of the notes nice. that I took was uh, they're hitting 260 with runners in scoring position, which is modest, pretty good. Uh, yeah. But with run, runners on bay, runners in scoring position and two outs, 295. Oh. So, the, I mean, that kind of goes to the late innings and then the clutch positioning, hitting with two outs. I mean, they have a lot of two out RBIs. I was going to say, I'd love to see how many runs they've scored with two outs this year because it's got to be a lot. It well, seems you, like every time second, they score. I can look it up, yeah. Oh, nice. Well, I'm going to – that's good. That will give me a moment to talk about something else, and that is the pace of play um, because, I, you know, we. I feel like it's a good idea to kind of come back to some of these things as we go through the season. Um, you know, the other day there was a game – White Sox and somebody – there was a double header that went four hours and 14 minutes, a double header, which, I mean, there are games, regular season games last oh, year that went four hours and 14 minutes in nine innings, never mm-hmm. mind extra innings. Um, so I, I know that there are some guys that don't, that still don't care for it. But I think if you look around and you read and listen to uh, people on social media and other places, Anyone that say under 40, they love it. It is mm-hmm. universally loved. And I like it. I love it too. And I'm not under 40. Hmm. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it was <laughs> one of our, our fellow Believe podcasters, uh, the Wake and Rake guys, they were saying that, you know, it's not just a bunch of nut scratching and adjusting batting gloves anymore. <laughs> that that's where so much has been that. taken out of it. And, <laughs> and it's not, they're not wrong. You know, there was a lot of that. I mean, if you think about the games where guys would just kind of stand there and they, you know, I mean, Kyle Tucker was a perfect example. He would mm-hmm. get that dirt and he'd rub it in his hands and he'd stand there and he'd take a little swing and the guys would walk around the mound. That stuff is gone and I don't miss it, quite frankly. I, I feel like, you know, get up there, get the pitches out and let's make it happen. No, there's a, there's a I mean, lot going a, on. Obviously for a broadcaster, it's tougher. Well, it actually hasn't been too bad. I mean, we're all going to adjust to it. What did you ask me about the Astros and their their run production with two outs? Not uh, uh, runs with two outs. How many runs have they scored with two outs? Well, they they have thirty eight RBIs in that oh time. It God. doesn't say runs. It doesn't necessarily have runs, but thirty eight of them wow. obviously have been driven in. Wow, and that's in, that is that's, a how lot. about that? That's in 95, 95 at bats. In 95 at-bats, they have yeah, 38, 38 RBIs? Yeah. Holy crap. I yeah, mean, that's ridiculous. Done. That's got to dwarf everybody else. And nicely done 
uh, nerd Blum on the stats there. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I can nerd uh, out. MLB it, stats pipeline. Actually, I'm lying to you. With two outs, they have 46 RBIs, seven seven home runs, 46 RBIs, and they're batting 266 with two outs. From the seventh inning on, they are hitting 315 with six home runs and 46 RBIs. Unbelievable. Dude, mm-hmm. they're just – I mean, granted, it would be nice that if they could do like they did in that Blue Jays game where they – dropped a seven spot in the first inning and then they could coast <laughs> like on occasion, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, that, that late inning heroics, and that does bode well, obviously mm-hmm. as we go along, because that's something that, that just shows the, the sort of the character of the, of the team as a whole. And the fact that they don't get rattled and why should yeah. they? I mean, some of these guys have been playing hundreds of postseason games, you know? Well, I was going to say, I mean, when you're racking uh, up that many, postseason the regular season you're just like all right it's another tough game yeah um but anyway that's fantastic thank you for pulling that stat Mm -hmm. um anyway the pace of play though i i really have enjoyed it um and i feel like everybody is adjusted pretty well um except for max scherzer who by the way poor max scherzer (laughs) got busted with the sticky stuff and he's like, it's just sweat and rosin, and the and of course the ba- baseball is like, it's it was sticky, not tacky, and I'm like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. But if it's that sticky and he's getting spin, what are you going to say? Of course, he was one of the most outspoken against the Astros, so I don't feel bad watching him take one. Yeah, what makes but, you wonder I mean, what, what he was doing in 2019? But uh, you know what? It, it right? it's it sucks. It, it you know. It, the only thing, I mean, it sucks because I, I'm, I'm a sticky guy. I'm like, if you need it, use it, whatever. Um, I competed, <laughs> I competed through steroid sticky amphetamines. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it is what it is. We, 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 you know, they were all doing it. Some guys weren't, some guys were, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it just, the thing that sucks to me is, is if he was wearing pinstripes, would it have been different? And the reason I say oh, that is because boy. we saw Domingo right. Herman. Domingo Herman for the Yankees go through the same situation and didn't get ejected, doesn't have a 10 game suspension. So why was it, why, why was he victimized in a different way? And I think that's where you need to clean it up and become a a little more consistent. Um, If it is a rosin sweat, uh, rubbing alcohol, rosin, you know, whatever it is that creates that stickiness, if it's on the mound, you're, you're, you're giving it to them. Because they've figured out how to use right. it, you shouldn't be penalized for it. Now, I don't know if you take right. the glove or you take the residue off his hands and send it to, you know, CSI Vegas and say, hey, test this for to see what the substance is. But, I mean, if you oh can't, you can't have, so you know, rules for them and not for them. You know, I don't – the whole thing is still kind of sketchy to me. I'm not – I feel bad for Scherzer, but he's handling it like a man, which I'm pretty impressed with. Well, it feels like to me that the this is like the what is a catch in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody can decide what's a catch and what's not a catch. Like what the ball isn't moving when they're, you know, did they pin it on the ground? You know, that's like there's a million like all these little nuances. And with this, it's like, well, it was sticky, not tacky. And I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake. You what's know, it's a like, difference? Um, it's, and now, the, admittedly, the one ref said it was the stickiest substance he had felt in like three years. Okay, so maybe okay. that is. Pretty when was the ridiculous. last time he did anything with um, stick or towel? Uh, Give me a break. 
That, I mean, that's it's, a terrible comment. That is a terrible comment. <laughs> the fact that we validate well, that by saying, oh, he's getting suspended for it, that means nothing. He doesn't know what sticky is. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Sorry. And it is, it is, no, no, please let it fly. This is what we're here for. Um, I, I just think that when it comes to this stuff, if that's the case, then you can't give, no, nobody should have anything. Right. No rosin should be on the mound. Yeah. If that's the deal, if that's what you want, can't, just you take can't it chew all bubble away. Gum. You can't, uh, you can't have a dip in, you can't have rosin go play. Right. I mean, if you're really going to try and do that, because there is rosin is a legal substance. And that's the other thing. It's, yep. it's said it's an illegal substance on Max Scherzer. How do you know? Well, what they said is supposedly the rosin he was using wasn't the rosin on the mound that he used oh, it like God. in the dugout. And you're only I know, right? Again, it's these but I'm telling you, this is this is what we're getting ourselves into because of I and I understand wanting to regulate because they're trying to do this. Let's be honest. The whole purpose is to get more balls hit. And that's the whole deal. They want mm -hmm. more offense. They want more people on the base paths. Every rule that they're making is designed specifically to make it harder on pitching. And, you know, because as much as it was driven, in, at least in part, by steroids, the home run era was a popular era for baseball, right? Yeah. And, Brought life you know, back so they're the trying to. I was there. Yeah. Yes. You were there. You were in it. You were one of them hitting home yeah. runs, not doing steroids, yeah. obviously. But many. the. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> the uh, I will say that um, you know, or or as Roger Clemens would say, B twelve and Latacane. Um, but uh, you know, remember that was all his. And when they had the, mm -hmm. in front of the hearings, he goes, "I took B twelve and Latacane." He must have said that like fifty times. It's like okay, we it's got like it, Roger. The fifth. got it, Rocket. I know B twelve and Latacane. Okay, Rocket, gotcha. We heard you the first I mean, time. I've got um, uh, here's I've another got one. pace of play numbers and BABIP numbers. If you're curious, yes, please let's hear it. I'm definitely okay. interested in that because so, BABIP is the one I'm fascinated yeah. by. Um, so pace of play in 2021 time of game three hours ten minutes in 2022 yeah. uh, time of game three hours and four minutes. Any guesses on 2023 so far? Say it's in the. the Two hours and forty minute range, probably something like that, right? Ooh, close, but you you went over. It's two hours and thirty seven oh, minutes over. is the average pace. <laughs> overall batting average. Wow. Overall batting average is up two points to two forty eight. Okay, about the same. Yep, but the Babbitt numbers are kind of interesting because if you take all directions, baseball put in play all over the field. Mm -hmm. Left-handed hitters are up point zero zero three, so three one hundredths. Okay. Right-handed hitters are okay. actually benefiting the most by up by point zero one one zero, mm -hmm. so ten points. Um, and overall, yeah. To the pull side, right-handed hitters are benefiting the most, up point zero one six. Left-handed hitters are only up point zero zero six. I'm telling you, the BABIP numbers, it, it, you said, you've talked about this. It's I think so much of it has to do with the fact that those guys can't get off the dirt in the infield. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we saw a looping, a little looping base hit. I think it was Bregman that hit yesterday where if, if you, the shortstop had his feet in the grass, he would have caught that. Yeah. But because and if he was more to that pull his, side, he definitely would have had a better, better angle to it. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that's, that's, I think you've seen so many of these little bloop singles or uh, line drives that they just can't get to, right? Mm-hmm. It's just hit so hard. The line drive with numbers velocity. are actually the number that jumps. Yeah, because with well, certainly because if you're closer to the to the plate, that's just mm-hmm. less reaction time, and so of course you see these guys like they put their it, it looks like their heels are maybe like a millimeter from the grass. You know, they're doing everything they can to get close, yeah. but you know, and they still can shift a little. So that, but man, that I just think being on the dirt was a was a maybe is a bigger move than the shift itself. And you brought that up early on, yeah, and you know, you will completely correct. Um, in that assessment, because the it's just harder to field when you when you can't move forward or backward. Mm-hmm. It's all about angles just, on the infield. It's all about angles, how hard a guy hits the ball. But it's yeah. interesting to see, you know, those numbers are are moving a little bit. Uh, but it, it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting that right handers are benefiting just as much as left handers because all the talk was getting that guy out of shallow right field. Now you're starting to see line right. drive and hard hit ground balls in that four hole that are actually getting to the right fielder instead of that rover that was hanging yeah. out out there. Yeah, it's uh, those are those are great numbers. I'm going to be really as the year goes on, it's going to be fascinating. There was a good story. Uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about this next time about how the the shift has also impacted bunting, and mm-hmm. we're seeing actually more sacrifice bunts being laid down this year than we have in recent years because again, guys can't get in on the grass. You know, so if you're uh, if you get up there and you drop a decent bunt, you have a chance of actually you know getting on base, and if not, it's a much more likely uh, um, sacrifice than it would have been in the past. And so there's more it, open I, space I that for the really guy hitting behind him that you just bunted for. Correct. Exactly. That is exactly right. So uh, did you see, speak, speaking of not bunts, but did you see that the most, the, the, it was a perfect game into the seventh oh, dear inning God, yeah. for the Cubs. Jeez. That was the, and if anybody hasn't seen it, you got to go find the video little dribbler pitcher goes over to pick it up, throw the guy out at first and the catcher just brain farts. And like he he landed on the pitcher, he he landed on his back and they're both on the ground. Just like, I mean, that guy's the catcher's got to buy that guy dinner for the rest of his life. I think that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't recall who the catcher was. Yeah, but I know Drew Smiley yeah. made a really good pitch, and it was just a full swing, broken bat, soft contact, right out in front of home plate. It looked like Smiley might have had a play on it. It would have been tough, but it's mm-hmm. even tougher with the catcher mm-hmm. on your back. <laughs> that was a crazy thing. I couldn't I mean, believe it. He was it. literally – he was riding him. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Like what – I remember, mounted him. I remember watching it the first time, and I was just – he did mount him. It's like – I was just watching it going – what just happened and why? Please, someone explain to me what was just going yeah, on out there. sit there in stunned silence. Uh, it's just also, by the way, we should mention uh, that the A's are moving to Las Vegas. Um, and I am I really want to get your take on this because the long-suffering A's fans, uh, first of all, you have to go to the Coliseum, which is just a nightmare to begin with, yeah. then you're surrounded by those trombonists who, God bless them, show up Vuzuelas. anyway. And the uh. right? The boobos, <laughs> exactly. I, I wish sometimes they would just go, uh, uh, they pull the, you know, do the actual <laughs> sad trombone. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, but also one of the funniest things I've ever seen at Oakland Coliseum was there was a guy behind behind the plate. It was two years ago against the Astros, and he had this glove that was like ten times the normal size. And every time somebody would pitch, he would just snap it open and shut. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, just really clever. But they're moving to the to Vegas, just like the Raiders. I mean, Oakland's lost all these guys. I mean, how, are you going to miss anything about going to Oakland, Blummer? Uh, not as a broadcaster. Hell no. Uh, uh-uh. no, I, it, 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 so I went to school in the Bay area. I went to UC Berkeley. So mm-hmm. I have an affinity for that Oakland, you know, Bay area. And I understand yeah. the mystique of that franchise and what they did in the seventies, uh, winning back to back to back titles. They three peated. Yeah. Uh, so there's history there. And I also had an opportunity when I was in college to actually play a game there against, you know, some Oakland A's an exhibition game. And I played there before Mount Davis. And I know that people have an affinity for, for, uh, for Al Davis and what he did for that organization, mm-hmm. but he was kind of shady in some of the practices. Oh. But I can honestly say yeah. that the downfall of that stadium was Mount Davis. As soon as that was built, the entire stadium went to hell. Um, fans didn't like it. Players didn't like it. Um, but it, it's been dilapidated. It's old. The Warriors have moved on. I mean, that complex made sense in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, but mm-hmm. through the 90s, you could see it start to fall apart, and it became just this mausoleum of, of concrete and it's unfortunate because some of the nicest people I've ever worked with have been at the Oakland Coliseum, and they're still at the Coliseum. No matter what that stadium or how that team has gone, those mm-hmm. people have maintained a, an unbelievable nicety about them. A, a, you know, a comp- and you have a certain mm-hmm. level of compassion for them because the stadium is awful, the team is awful, yet their spirits are still pretty good. So I appreciate that about them. My question is, you know, I understand that, you know, economic times in California are a little sketchy and rough at the time, but the inability to, to give those fans something to be proud of is what frustrates me. Yeah. So ownership, this is on ownership. Yeah. And they're going to move course. to Vegas. And that, that provides the next question for me. <coughs> if I'm a Las Vegas resident, I could understand the, the, the hockey team coming here. It's great. It's fun. It's exciting. They did a great job. The Raiders, they've got mystique. They've mm-hmm. got this certain aura about them and, and of this organization. They come, we're going to mm-hmm. show up, and obviously we're going to have equity in our seats when we sell them to every visiting team that comes in. Yeah. The A's say they want to show up. If I'm in Vegas, am I going, damn, great, the A's are coming? I mean, what product are they going to bring to Vegas? I would imagine there's got to be a certain expectation that has to be put on the Oakland A's to produce a product that makes me want to show up in a new stadium, not just a nice stadium. I want a product. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And that's one of the big arguments with this because, look, Vegas was on the list of expansion teams, which is probably going to happen. Um, in the next couple of years, I think Nashville is going to be around the same time as you win because the whole thing is to build yeah. a stadium. They won't be but, there until 2027. Yeah. And, and everybody's saying 2024 is when they're talking about maybe announcing expansion. And so, yeah, it'd probably be by 2026 when new teams hit. Um, you know, Nashville is definitely going to get a team. And then the other question is, where's the other one going to go? And this obviously opens up a West Coast spot. So you start thinking about places like Portland, 
um, you know, mm-hmm. could be uh, could be an option, especially. I mean, not that we need another Pacific Northwest team. God help us, but um, to travel. Um, and then, then at that point, you well, then at that point, you start thinking about le- legitimately thinking about realignment. No, it is realignment. You have they to expand its point. realignment. It has to. I'm with you. Yes. Yeah, you you know you go into like four team divisions or something like that, but um, but yeah, I, I I think that's a valid concern. If you're like you know when teams move around, whenever they move around, you you don't really want a cursed team, right? You don't mm-hmm. want a team that has like you know that's that's been bad and seems to continue to be bad. Um, so yeah, it's gonna and and look as much as the Coliseum has been terrible and it's been a you know it's been kind of a a really weird uh, time, um, you know, for the Ra- for the A's over the last well, what decade now almost. Um, maybe a change of scenery is good. I just hate to see Oakland lose a team because you know I hated to look as much as I hated the Sonics. I hated when Howard Schultz, <sighs> Schultz sold the team and they moved to Oklahoma. That was City. awful. I hated awful. it. I hated hey, it. Twenty twenty. T- let me ask you something. Twenty twenty. Guess who the American League West Division champs were. 2020. Was it the A's? It was the Oakland A's. Good night. It's 2023. Well, and they've quit on their fans and they've the quit co- on that organization. <laughs> the COVID season. Yeah. I well, maybe it'll be good for them then. I I still question the whole look, there were five guys just yesterday in the NFL who were suspended for gambling. You know, mm. moving things to Vegas is not going to exactly enhance the chances of guys not gambling. Um, at least, you know, maybe they'll just, you know, on games and honestly, Blummer too, I don't look, people can do what they want. They're adults, but I do, there, there is an, that influence of gambling on young guys with lots of money is not good, you know? Um, and so I, I do worry sometimes about young football players, young athletes being in Sin City, you know, that can't well, be good going to hey, the I Peppermint Palace or whatever. The- <laughs> hey, NFL, give the guys better contracts. Right. No, 100%. 100%. No, if, I, if I'm you a know, young player and I know if I get hurt, I'm going to get released from my contract or get shoved aside, oh, then I'm going to take brutal. a payday. That is, I, I'm I mean, telling you what, that's, about. yes, it is. No guarantees, it is, it is no nothing. It's brutal in the NFL, man. NFL, st- NFL stands for not for long. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really generous. So, all right. Last quick thing, kind of a weird one. Um, I I love Jason Stark's weird and wild column that he does once yeah, a week. He's I don't know if you've read it before, but it's, it's so good. It's just the, it's you know, it's so funny and so filled with interesting stuff. This one of the things he mentioned, I don't think it was this week, it might have been last week. See, they were talking about that uh, possum that got out onto the field uh, that they had to run out and like because they were talking about the pitch clock and how you know how do you because umpires have been saying like. The MLB wants them to write down every reason that they're like oh, getting around the, the anytime they're dealing with the pitch clock, right? They have to write down like what happened in that moment. Mm-hmm. So how do they define that? It's like possum on the field. Like what is what is the <laughs> protocol, right? It's just <laughs> awesome, right? And of course, we've seen all sorts of uh, critters, uh, you know, cats and dogs and possums, squirrels, and, yeah. uh, skunks, squirrels, mm. like all kinds of stuff. I'm wondering. What was the weirdest animal that ever ran onto the field when you were playing? Was there um, ever a time you felt like there was, or was I don't think it, it was there just did it animal. not happen for you? I don't think it was an animal. I think uh, what 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 the bees are 
are insects. Oh, Am I wrong? The, the bees. They're animals. That was in San Diego. Still an animal. Yeah, we had a bee game in San and Diego. We were, we were, uh, we had a bee delay for a good 45 minutes to an hour trying to, on a Sunday, yeah. trying to find, you know, uh, an exterminator, I guess, for lack of a better word or understanding, uh, to come in and and whack these bees that ended up underneath in a jacket wow. of a ball girl, and he proceeded to come out and just wreck about a what looked like a million bees, and he walked off the field to oh a standing ovation. We finished the game. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. What? Yeah, bees, man. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't look, I don't fuck with bees like <laughs> sorry oh, there, for the colorful there, language. There was but. a it's funny you say that because a lot of us feel the same way. Getting stung sound, once mm-hmm. sounds bad. Getting stung multiple times is miserable. Oh. But uh, I can't remember who the left fielder was. I know his last name is Banks. But at that mm-hmm. time, he was about six foot eight, 300 pounds. He was just a beast. He could he hit bombs. He was playing left field. And you kind of heard this and like this buzzing coming across the field. And out of nowhere, this behemoth of a man comes sprinting in from left field. And we're like, what the hell is going on, man? You know? And he comes running in. He's like, I ain't going back out there. And we turned around and looked. And sure enough, there's a there's a swarm of bees coming in and from left field into this poor ball girl's jacket. And the game's delayed. But that, that's to your point. Hell no, I'm not getting near any of that. Oh, my God. That is so good. That is so funny. The worst that ever happened to me was I was uh, about 10 or 11. And I just uh, my dad, we had a boat that my, my dad always had boats when, you know, for fishing. And uh, I decided, like, this is some stupid thing 11 or 12-year-old would do. I had a ball. I was kicking it around, being goofy. I thought, you know what would be fun is if I kicked it from inside the boat because it'll go higher or something. So I get inside (laughs) the boat, and I proceed to try and kick the ball. First of all, I miss the ball. Second of all, I kick the underside of uh, of the center console on the boat, which, by the way, that hurt. Um, mm. and then, and then third, in addition to kicking the underside of the console itself, I also disturbed a nest of hornets that happened oh, to have snap. gotten in there over the winter. They proceeded to attack me. I fell out of the boat onto the driveway <laughs> and oh, then no, this is not even in water. Water. And no, this was on the driveway in my house. It's been sitting Dear there over the God. winter, you know, well, yeah. so at least you could and have so dove into raced- the water and like avoided the damage. No. No, it was a, it was a, it was, it was one of the dumber moments of my life when I look back and I'm like, you were an idiot hey, as a kid, live and learn. but hey, what are you going to do? All right, Blower. Uh, it's a Saturday in the world. You've got, what time's the game? Is it a night, day game or night game? I had, don't have my schedule in front of me. I hope it's a night game. I haven't even checked. <laughs> you better figure yeah. it out. You I know. You to go to the game. I know. I need to pay better How's attention this? to my life. How's How's the stadium down it's there? It's at seven twenty East oh, Coast, six twenty uh, Central. Sorry. Nice. So how's how's the how's the ballpark for? Uh, it's great. You know, for the for the Braves, is it good? No, no, they've done a really good job. This place is gorgeous. They've got the battery, is what they call it. Restaurants, bars, shopping outside the right field gate. I believe it is. Yeah. Plenty of hotels. It's it's outstanding. And the only thing nice. I don't like about this ballpark, it is it's busy. And what I mean by lights 
fireworks uh oh really you know, ribbon boards and scoreboards everywhere it's there's a i mean stimulation wise it's almost it's it's a little much for me but the but for the fan it's fantastic it's great sight lines there's plenty to do good food yeah it's good do they need to put up one of those signs that like before movies were like these these exactly. scenes may contain flashing lights <laughs> you worry about people I, I, would, I would have adhered to that and been <laughs> thankful for it that's hilarious. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Atlanta's actually a pretty cool town. A lot of people compare yeah. it to Houston in terms of like, you know, stylistically and stuff. It's a pretty fascinating mm-hmm. place. I was there a few years ago, really had a good time. So seems like it could be a good time. And uh and then where are you off to after Atlanta? No, oh, I know you're, you're Tampa. <laughs> I was mm, gonna say, Tampa I know Bay. where you're going. I Gosh. know where you're going. Yeah. And I, I don't know, uh, you, I don't know if TK you, listens to this pod. I don't know if TK listens to this podcast, but there's only one person in the league that likes Tampa, and that's that. It's that guy. Really? We got to get TK on here so he can explain himself. Yeah. Oh. I want to know. Although, I tell you, if you take a little trip an hour south there to Sarasota, that place is nice. Well, even like that Clearwater be Beach one. is gorgeous, and and Tampa is oh, a good yeah. city, but t- it's not the it's Tampa it it's Where, the Saint Petersburg Rays. It's not Tampa Rays. <laughs> I know. I remember it's driving stupid. through there and thinking, "What is this desolate wasteland that I yeah, am?" Yeah, it's in? like it's like saying Anaheim Drive. is Los Angeles. Jeez, Louise. Right. Yeah, I know. Oh boy, let's not get. We shouldn't dig into that can of worms. We're gonna. Well, that's you know, in that. That's in the expansion. I mean, new stadium type talk too. Tampa Bay is well, one of those teams. Well, I just read yesterday. I just read yesterday they're in talks. So apparently they're trying to fix it um, mm-hmm. and trying to perhaps either enhance the area it's in or or move it to another location. That's. I, mean, I don't know how you enhance that area. I, honestly, it's like the area around NRG Park here in Houston. I mean, it's like. No offense, but NRG Park, I don't know if I, if I was a visiting team, I'd want to like, because everybody just hops a light rail and comes downtown. Yeah. Well, what it's is just, there to do around NRG Park? The, the, I would imagine the age demographic at, around NRG is a little bit different than Tampa or St. Pete or wherever the hell this ball club is. <laughs> you ain't lying about that. I mean, have you ever tried to drive through Central Florida? It's not a pleasant experience. I did it no, once it and I swore I never do yeah. it again. Mm-hmm. Everybody drives like 35 miles an hour down the 10 trillion toll roads they have. It's like, <laughs> no thanks. Everybody, everybody, all the retirees from the Northeast who are living there. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We're going to be back on Wednesday with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Huge thanks to all our listeners and viewers out there, uh, including you folks in Tampa, who we just feel sorry for. Um, not because of Tampa, but because of where you have to go see a ball game. Yeah, um, just the stadium. We're very thankful. F- yeah, just the stadium. Tampa's lovely. Um, you also, by the way, you can drive right down the coast and go to this area where you can see manatees in like real life, which is amazing. Uh, it's just giant sea cows. Um, thanks for subscribing, commenting. Keep that on up. We're very thankful for all that and keep it coming. You guys have a fantastic, beautiful weekend out there. I'm going to get out Mm -hmm. there and do something myself. And uh, we will see you on Wednesday. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.